0: Ladies and gents, I don't know about you guys, but I like to do things my way, and one of the greatest is Frank Sinatra, so let's get this show on the road before we hit the climax! Cause he's gonna let it go! Show me, Frank!
1: My way. Shut up, and sit down!
0: Let's, let's do, do it. Let's do Frank and, and uh, Chris here a little favor and drop some more fire.
2: Yeah, all right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, and subscribe, drop a review, help other business owners find value from our... Awesome guests! While we rise up in those podcast rankings, we'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's awesome guest wants to help you live a longer, healthier, and happier life. He founded the first and only company that addresses, well, getting old by targeting the nine mechanisms of aging. With renowned scientists from schools like MIT and Harvard, our guest is looking to address the aging process and increase public awareness of longevity medicines that are available for health and disease prevention. Based on science, not anecdotal evidence or tradition, our guest provides the technology you need to track your health and longevity, and guidance on how to improve your biological age beyond the formula. I don't know about you, but I'm planning to live to be 102. So if you're like me and you want to have a place on this planet to a ripe old age, you will definitely want to tune in. Joining us today from Novos Labs out of, let's hear it for, New York, New York, welcome to the show, Chris Miraboli.
0: Chris, welcome <laughs> to the program, my friend.
1: I almost got I, I, I up and
3: started dancing there.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's yeah. what we live to have some fun. Chris, all right. First of all, I mean, the fountain of youth, staying young, that's vitally important. But let's talk a little bit about how you got here. This is not your first Rodeo, is it?
3: No, no, it's not. Um, so I've I've been uh, working on a startup for practically most of my adult life. So when I was in high school, actually, I started working for my first startup. I worked for a New York City technology company uh, that was at the time known as Internet Cash. The idea behind it was it was the first company. That would allow you to purchase a card at a, at a uh, grocery store, say 7-Eleven, and then use that card to buy things online. And the reason was because back then people were afraid to use their credit cards online because of fraud. So they invented this idea and I, I joined as a programmer for them. I was 15 years old. I would take the train from Long Island into New York City and uh, I would do it. I started in the summer. And then when I, I broke the news to them that <laughs> I had to go back to high school, uh, I would do it after, after school or on the weekends I would work. And that's when I really got my hands wet with entrepreneurship and decided that's what I wanted to do.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, James. A 15 year old programmer. You got to walk me like, I thought your story started there. No, man, it started before that. How does a 15 year old get into programming at that? I mean, that far in advance back then when we were scared to put our credit card in the internet. I mean, I remember when we were scared to talk to people on the internet or dating on the internet it was weird, right? Like there was, there was that time. So how do you get into programming at 15 and find a job?
3: Yeah, so so it wasn't for you know the most um, I don't know uh, genuine of reasons. I, I just wanted to make money. When I was twelve years old, I was like, I want to start working and making money. I saw friends of mine getting allowances from their from their parents that were more generous than my five dollars, and so I said, I got to do something myself, and so. Uh, I was thinking what is what is possible for someone at my age to do that can make a good amount of money and isn't like you know a, a typical say blue collar type of job working in a store or something. And so uh, you know the internet was all the rage as it still is, but it was really uh, building up at that at that time. And so I, uh, I started looking into uh, programming languages like HTML and at the time something called, uh, Shockwave Flash, which is still around, Flash is still around, but at the time it was the hottest thing. It was like moving animations and games that you could program inside of uh, your web browser. And so I taught myself uh, both of those: HTML, a little bit of XML, a little bit of the JavaScript, and uh, and Shockwave Flash. And uh, how did I get the job? I I found a whole bunch of help wanted ads on the internet for companies in New York City. And since I had extra time on my hands uh, as, a, as a high school student, I, I redid their homepages. I, I redid a whole bunch of homepages, and I sent it to them, and I said, this is complimentary. You're free to use it yourself if you'd like it. Otherwise, I'm looking for a job. I didn't have a resume to show, but that was kind of my, my version of a resume, showing them the work I could do. And I got a couple of calls back, and uh, one of them ended up turning into a job. How impressive is that? That was not even, look, most people are like,
0: pay me so I could do a job. You did the complete opposite. That shows a lot of like, you know, dedication, a lot of gumption on your part to do the work and then present the work as, hey, this is my resume. This is what I can do. Would you like more of this? How much, how often in your, as an entrepreneur going forward, do you still utilize that sales pitch? Cause I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's pretty effective.
3: Yeah, in some ways I do. It, it actually reminds me of, of something I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working with right now, A our first hire that we're, we're making. Uh, the, the guy uh, did something similar. He actually wrote his own job description. So uh, he, he was reaching out and we were interested in him, but we just weren't ready to hire and we didn't know exactly how he would fit into the business. But he was researching us and uh, understood what our needs would be as an e-commerce startup he understood and knew obviously what he was capable of and he went ahead and wrote his the entire job description and he said and let me know if if there are things that you think that this job sh- uh, description should include that i missed out on and uh and overall like that proactivity was really good for us to um to to continue to pay attention to him and also to admire that uh, uh you know, self-starter mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, like we need for our early employees for the business, and that was enough for us to decide to make him employee number one, and he starts next week.
0: Mm, see, this- now if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. That's right. The core value, right there. Don't think outside the box. Think like there is no box. The guy created his own box. He's like, look, this is what I'm gonna bring to the table. This is what I can do. And then now you're almost like, well, you know, we do actually need X, Y, Z. We do actually need help in this area. This actually is a good fit. It's no longer uh, an investment in, in a risk. You're almost saying, look, I, I this is exactly the result that we want to achieve. And this is laid out for us. Let's do this. Right.
3: Exactly. Yes. And he was, he was also persistent and polite in the process. So like once a month, he would check in, say, how's your progress? Is there anything that I can help you out with? Uh, you know, happy to jump on a call to talk through things, but was always he wasn't insistent, he wasn't pushy, he was, you know, in front of us, but at, at you know, arm's length. So, you know, if me being busy and, and having a lot of people approaching me for for different reasons, it was easy for me to be able to say not yet, but it was also easy for me to pick up the phone and, and talk with him. So it was a nice balance that he struck. I
0: think he's wonderful. I think he's wonderful, too. Let's go back to, uh, you know, 15-year-old Chris. You know, you decide that, you know, you dabbled a little bit in the entrepreneurial space by working with a startup. How did that kind of push you forward into into that entrepreneurial journey?
3: So I was really fortunate because being as young as I was working for this company, everyone else was at least in their 20s, oftentimes 30s or 40s. The CEO of the company took me under his wing. And uh, he, he, he wanted to teach me the ways of the entrepreneur, so to speak. And so uh, I, I really admired him and what he was doing. And um, it it was clear to me, like just my personality type, and then also being inspired by him. I didn't want to like work for the man, so to speak. Right. I, I wanted to create something of my own, something that I had a vision for and build that. And so he really he really like lit that fire for me and and showed me that it was possible so um, that that was that was the first thing and then he also gave me some guidance on 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 career and uh, and even for college for university what it uh, what I should focus on not that you know now that I'm an entrepreneur I realize you don't have to study what I studied in order to be an effective entrepreneur but uh, having studied what I did, it was somewhat of a shortcut. It helped me. So I, I went to business school for undergrad. I went to NYU Stern and I studied finance and econ and international business. And it was good to to understand like how to build a financial model or how to understand accounting or learning about marketing and doing the case studies and so on. But in today's day and age, these are all things you can learn on your own. So if you're driven enough, you can look up the curriculum for these schools and then try to find online equivalents of these things. But at the time, it was it was a good decision for me to be able to kind of get a head start on all of the things that I would need to one day start managing.
0: I love that you said that. Uh, you know, I I always tell my students college does not is not the only resource of an education. Regardless of whether you go to college or not, you need to be educated. And and we live in an information age era where you, you you're exactly right. You can learn pretty much anything you want. You might not have a piece of paper at the end, but if you're creating your own case studies, if you're if you're taking what you've learned, you're implementing it, and you're beginning to put it into practice, those case studies become your resume, become your testimonials, they become the experience that you're looking for. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there looking to hire somebody with experience and, and, and that sort of whatever field that they're in. You're Versata.
1: not the only one cursed with knowledge.
0: Exactly, Thanos. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if if you have a mentor or mentors and you combine that with the education, whether that be in a university setting or an online setting, uh, that, that's really the like the magic mix that you need, right? Because all of the education, all of the information, I'll, I'll give you an example for myself. So there was a, a period uh, between ventures where I was I had been working on tech ventures, but I had a little bit of time between ventures and I, I decided I wanted to learn or, or, or teach myself uh, new programming skills, right. So I had known programming from earlier part of my life. But I wanted to get into more advanced things, like how to build an iPhone app or an Android app, and also learning the back end of, of, uh, of systems as well, and like MySQL and so on. And I didn't really know where to begin. And there are these different platforms where you can start learning the the programming skill sets. But then there are like infinite different code bases on GitHub, and there's different types of like code repositories. There's different tool sets and so on. And so I actually turned to some former employees of mine and asked them for guidance. And they turned into a mentor of sorts and told me, uh, you know, where to look for different things. Or if I was trying to solve a programming puzzle, so to speak, they would then give me some guidance on it. But without that, it would have taken me five, 10 times as long to get to the answers. But that mentor can oftentimes give you the shortcuts or different perspectives through which to look at things. And then you can get to your intended output a lot quicker. So I think that mentor aspect is important. In universities, you have the professor or you've got the uh, advisor in, at the school. And if you're doing it on your own, you can kind of replace some of that by getting that mentor in your life.
0: So at what point do does the mentor, I mean, cause I know I, I've got mentors myself and, and a lot of them push you towards doing your thing. So you have a mentor that took you under your wing. You're learning the ropes of entrepreneurship. You're going to college. When did you step out to do your your own venture where your money was at risk, your time was at risk, and your reputation maybe at risk?
3: Good question. So I I was intending to do it while in college, and I started to uh, put together a company that was going to focus on, of all things, the cryogenic preservation of stem cells from something known as deciduous incisors, which is the really fancy way of saying stem cells from baby teeth. <laughs> and uh, th- there had been a discovery that there are stem cells in baby teeth that are really potent. They're able to be uh, used to generate other organs, you know, so if you need organ oh. organ transplants and so on, and there had already existed businesses that would um, uh, extract stem cells from from umbilical cords and then cryogenically preserve them and they were it was a lucrative business they were doing very well well my thought was it's a lot easier to get baby teeth and it's a lot less expensive to get baby teeth and to preserve it and to ship it to a cryo lab. so i started working on that business and i put some of my own money into it in the marketing and so on uh, unfortunately i was a little bit too short-sighted with that because there was a professor i i still remember his name to this day dr songtao Shi. From the Nat- National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, the government uh, institution, uh, who had discovered a way to, to basically convert adult stem cells, like from your hair, for example, into these other stem cell types. So my thought was well, what's the value of these these baby teeth stem cells if we can just get it from an adult hair? And I completely gave up on it. Well, today there are companies that are doing exactly that. So uh, it was a lost opportunity. But to your question, when I I eventually really started to scale something, it was my final year of college, my senior year. I teamed up with my uh, best friend and his former college roommate. They went to a different school. And the three of us started to work on the concept Uh, that was later known as Hotlist. It was at the time known as College Hotlist. It was a social network. So this was earlier in Facebook's days. This was right when Facebook was opening up to beyond college networks. So they went to professional networks like Goldman Sachs, for example. If you're an employee, you could sign up for Facebook. And we wanted to bring it back to the colleges. And we also wanted to add more of a social element to it, a real world social element. Like what is happening around you Uh, Mm. no matter where you are in the world. And we were able to scale this and and we had over 200 million people's social plans around the world. So anywhere you were, you could be in um, uh, Los Angeles, you could be in New York City, Miami, or you could be in Tuscany, Italy, right? Like anywhere you are, you could look ahead to tonight or tomorrow or next weekend to see which venues are going to be the hottest and uh, pictures of the expected crowd and the guy to girl ratio, which of course as you know young college students that was important that's to us.
0: Fire yeah
3: yeah yeah and we we won NYU's business plan competition. We were the youngest winners of the competition and that's when we really that's when I really fully stepped out and, and like came of age so to speak and all of the difficult lessons of entrepreneurship hit me full speed.
0: What are some of those difficult lessons? I mean every entrepreneur hits road bumps. every entrepreneur has obstacles that get in their way. But the ones that really stick with you are probably the most difficult ones. What were, what were some of those big ones that hit you?
3: Wow. Um, there were there were many. I, I think every single thing that could have hit us, hit us. Uh, <laughs> we, we, of course, had our ups as well, but we had plenty of downs. It, it was really a roller coaster. Some of them were, you know, on the product side, just product market fit. Like at first, it was really difficult for us to um, figure out exactly what to build for the market and then also just on a technical level to to be able to execute on that. Like I I had some tech experience, but not to the degree that we needed to build what this vision was. And we had trouble first recruiting the right tech team. Uh, One of our early uh, developers, it was our CTO was kind of laughed out of the room by venture capitalists because of how um, uh, complex she was architecting the system rather than keeping a very simple, beautiful system it was overly complex. So we, we lost opportunities with investors who laughed us all out of the room as a result. Um, and so we had to learn and adapt and, and find the right talent to come on and and to really vet them. And that's where mentors or advisors came in, where they were able to vet these people for us or alongside us. Um, uh, there was a, a point where um, Facebook Opened up their platform uh, called Facebook Connect via an API. It's just a technical word for like data in, data out, right? And so, mm-hmm. like a highway of data. And we had, um, uh, we, we got nervous because um, we thought that it was, we didn't know exactly what to make of it, but we uh, thought that it may have been like competitively destructive to us. It ended up being a blessing in disguise where we were able to team up with Facebook and through Facebook connect, people could sign up for our website with one click. And then when they signed up, we got a lot of their data. We got their friends, we got the events that they were going to, and we were able to aggregate all of this and then also show them what their friends were doing, even if their friends didn't sign up. So it was actually a blessing in disguise, but it took us a while to learn that. Um, It took us a while to learn how to scale, but I'd say the most difficult challenge of all was uh was related to funding so we at the time the thing to do was really to focus on growing your user base and then worry about monetizing it right this is what all of the social networks were doing facebook twitter linkedin and so on so we were taking a page from their playbook and so we were scaling our user base without making any money well uh that ended up coming to back to bite us in the butt because Um as we were scaling, our our infrastructure was tremendously expensive. I won't bore you with the details, but the way that we were we were um showing you everything that's happening across the world with millions of people, we had to do geocoding and that was just very expensive to do on the technical side. So our costs were just running up. And uh long story short, we had a choice to make at one point. Our 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 cash was running short and we had to decide, do we raise another round of financing? Or do we get acquired? Now, there were companies interested in acquiring us, big-name companies. I won't name all of them, but these are companies that you use every day. <laughs> and they were interested in us. Uh, but ultimately, there was one that stood out. And this was a company we weren't as familiar with. They were based in Asia. And they they're a very big company, and they wanted to buy us out. We, along with our, our board of uh, advisors and our, our um our board of directors decided that we were going to go for the acquisition instead of the fundraise. Well, that acquisition took longer than we expected, and about three and a half, four months in, um, <laughs> it was it was the perfect storm. Literally, Hurricane Sandy hits. I'm mm-hmm. in New York City. This the city is flooded. My apartment building gets flooded to the point where my basement is fully flooded. Like I'm in a 50 story building at the time, the entire basement and the cars are flooded. Uh, we get evicted from the building. So I'm technically homeless. I need to find a place to live. And uh, they then tell us on a call that they're not going to acquire us now. They're going to try to build their own version of Hotlist. Oh. And so they were basically just mining us for ideas. But we oh, were.
1: Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah horrible uh, as if that wasn't bad enough i when i finally get back to my apartment i found it was looted i was i was robbed everything collapsed at the same time we we didn't have enough money to pay our employees and we had to shut down the business and it was the most catastrophic you know implosion that you could imagine for a startup i, I mean just for context i was on television I was uh, on the billboards in Times Square for opening up the uh, Nasdaq stock market. I was in newspapers, on television all the time, guest speaker at at big tech conferences and so on. And then all of a sudden everything kind of disintegrated in a very short am- amount of time. Um and even my home disappeared and my possessions disappeared and it was a really really difficult experience to go through. Even even my 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 self identity and ego and everything just completely shattered so
0: huh. how do you how does one bounce back from that i mean you know it's one thing to get kicked in the nuts and go down you got kicked in the nuts kicked in the face kicked in the jaw you got like the crap meat out of you you publicly like you know beaten like i mean you you got it bad how do you come back from something like that
3: it's not easy i'll say that um you know, I, I turned to, you know, some people look externally for, for answers. I ended up looking internally for answers. So I, I spent a lot of time, um, contemplating, I, I, I read some spiritual texts from, from different philosophies, different, uh, like I, I was raised Roman Catholic, but I was looking into, um, uh, Buddhist texts and into, uh, Indian sacred texts and so on. And, and just looking internally to try to find some answers and, kind of like shed these different um, layers, like an onion, right? Like shed these layers of, of my self-identity and ego and everything and questioning myself. Like, why was I really into entrepreneurship? What was I really looking for? And in the end, it was a difficult process, but in the end, I, I think I ended up in a much better place. Like it, it was something I would never wish upon anyone, including myself to ever go through again. But having gone through it, it was one of the greatest experiences that next to, um, when I was in high school, I didn't mention this, but I had a a brain tumor and I was diagnosed of that and and cured of it, fortunately. But those two events, I would say were the most transformative events in my life. And, uh, really, I think equipped me for, for, you know, version 2.0 of Chris as an entrepreneur, which is, uh, what, when I'm running the software version I'm running right now.
0: Man, it's it, Why do we fall, Bruce? So
1: we can learn to pick ourselves up.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you had to learn to
0: pick yourself up. I mean, it, you know, when, when we talk to other entrepreneurs and we hear their stories or their fears, really, it's what, what comes out. You know, you, you worry about that worst case scenario and then the worry prevents you from ever taking action you actually lived it. I mean, on the brink of, you know, dying and then literally going through probably the worst catastrophe when it comes to a business in your own course. It's so much worse. So much worse, right? Like you actually had your worst possible scenario. So what was the best scenario? What was it that you were now like, okay, I've been down this path. I know what the worst case can be. I've been in the worst case scenario. What's my best case scenario? And how did you, you know, what what was that path forward?
3: Oh, wow. So so there have been many good, uh, great uh, case scenarios. Um, You know, the the best case scenario is always the one in the future, right? So uh, with that said, like, I'm so focused on what I'm working on right now. Uh, You know, a very good case scenario, I'd say, was uh, the last venture I was working on. It was in the commercial real estate space, and uh, I I teamed up with with uh, two other fantastic entrepreneurs. And this was the first time that I wasn't wearing the CEO hat, and I I took a a back seat. And um, with that said, it was still a wonderful experience. And we um, right right off the bat, we we did very well with uh, with that venture. So, for example, our initial clients were the two largest real estate companies in the world. And these companies represent about um, a trillion dollars in real estate. And they were clients of ours. Uh, I I remember one day leaving my apartment in New York city. And I, I, at the time I lived right near the uh, one world trade center, which is like the freedom tower. And uh, I was looking at it and, and just kind of thinking, like that kind of represents success for me. Like if if uh, if we can work with that building one day, that represents success. And then fast forward, only about a year later, number one, that was my office. <laughs> and number two, I was having meetings with the family who is the part owner of that building. Um, mm. And we were selling them on our product and they became a client. And so we were going to then move on to... Uh, integrating our software into that building, so that was a thrilling experience. Just the the whole process of of working on that that business. Um, there are many other you know success stories and and you know little wins and triumphs and, and so on. But um, I, I'd say the the venture I'm working on right now is is something that I'm super excited about. And I, I think where we it's very early in the game for us right now, but where we've come so far. I think represents um, a number of wins for us to have gotten to where we are.
0: Well, t- tell me a little bit about Laz What are we going to find there? What is it that you're doing right now?
3: Yeah, so so this is an area of personal passion for me. And, and like I mentioned before, when I was in high school, I, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And going through that experience, uh, it, it led me to ask a lot of existential questions, uh, questions about mortality, about life and death, things that most people don't really ask until... The, you know, final decade or two of their life. And so I think that that planted a seed in my mind, um, one that has blossomed into this passion for longevity, human longevity. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So a lot of people think of like human longevity, living forever. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and a lot of people also say, why would I possibly want to do that, right? And that's the wrong way to look at what I'm focused on. So the right way to look at it is, slowing down the aging process. And so as you age chronologically, your biological age, so the age of your actual organism as, as a human is not aging at the same rate as everyone else. And this way, when you're 90, you are actually feeling like you're 40. And when you're 102, I think uh, you, you had said before, in terms of the age that you want to live until um, you're, you're it's as if you're you're in your in your 50s or so. Right. And so the, the chronic illnesses of the diseases of aging, like heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, diabetes, most forms of cancer, osteoporosis, the list goes on. You stave off these diseases. You delay them. Uh, If you do get them, maybe it's at the very, very end of your life and you're living much longer, right? So we're not talking about a long, decrepit, you know, uh, uh, weak, feeble life. We're talking about one that is very energized and youthful for as long as possible. And that's what we're focused on at Novos. We're not the only ones focused on this. Many university professors, as, as you alluded to earlier, We're partnered with from Harvard, from MIT, from the Salk Institute in California, from University of Washington, University of Liverpool in in the United Kingdom. Amazing minds. There's biotech companies that are investing billions of dollars into this field. But we are the only consumer company out there that focuses on what's known as the nine mechanisms of aging, the nine causes of aging. These are the causes that these biotech companies are focused on but they're only focusing on one cause at a time. And part of the reason for that is it's just the way that the is it's traditionally done and the scientific method is like prove it first with one mechanism then move on to the next or the FDA requires that you you create a drug for a specific medical condition like heart disease because they don't treat di- uh, aging as a disease. Mm-hmm. Whereas we as a consumer company are able to target all nine simultaneously, as long as we're using natural substances, we're not inventing new substances in the lab, but we can combine them to have the synergistic effect that pharma can't or biotech can't. And we can do it in a very safe way to address all nine of these simultaneously. And that's what our very first product, it's called Novos Core, that's what that product does.
0: And is it something that we uh, consume daily? Does it go like in a protein shake? How does it work?
3: Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a sachet. So it's this little, um, uh, little baggie that you, you tear open, you, you buy a box of 30 of them. So you can slip it in your pocket. You can throw it in your gym bag or into a purse and then you mix it with water or you can mix it with a protein shake. It's orange flavored right now. We have one flavor. Eventually we'll, we'll probably have others, but it's 12 ingredients. These ingredients are very well researched. You can go into our website, novoslabs.com slash how and if you go to that, you can see how we formulated NOVOS, the, uh, the logic behind the formulations, the scientific research. Hundreds of su- studies have gone into the formulation. And our, our scientists are world-renowned. Like For example, Dr. George Church, he's a professor at Harvard and MIT. He invented the first genome sequencing method. So when you think about genetics and sequencing the genome, he invented the first one in the 1980s. Uh, he's a legend in in the field, and so we're working with these tremendous thinkers, thought leaders in the space, and that's ha- partly how we came up with the the co- combination of these ingredients. And it's very convenient for you to just slip in your pocket and put into some water every day. So if people want to get a hold of it, I
0: mean, I don't know about you guys, I don't, I plan on aging nicely. I mean, the way you laid it out there, where you can't stop time, but you can feel better as you get older. You know, I I know my my grandmother, for example, she's in her 90s and we always talk about how that lady is going to outlive the rest of us just because of that, that natural way that she's been living her entire life. So if we want to get a hold of that and kind of age gracefully as you were describing it, how can we do that?
3: Yeah. So right now we're sold out. Um, we, we sold out of all of our, we thought it would take us four months to sell out of our product. It took us one week and that was without, without any promotion. It was just one article published about us. Uh, but the good news is that we should have the restock in about two weeks and you can back order it right now. So if you go on our website, you can check out and then once it's restocked, we'll ship it to you. Um, So yeah, pretty, pretty easy to get in in terms of your grandmother, there's other things that you can do. So, so Novos is, is is the supplemental approach. And this is like turbocharging the the process of slowing down aging. We also have benefits that are are short-term benefits, right? We didn't want it to only be things that will accumulate in years from now. We wanted you to see some benefits in the short term so that you're more convinced that this is working and you want to continue using it. So those short-term benefits are um, uh, improved, uh, cognition, so it can help you to focus or think more clearly. Uh, I can tell you about the ingredients if you care to know that do that, but we have that in there, uh, improved energy that's largely based on, um, improved sleep that can result from a couple of the ingredients we have in there. And then there's a couple of other ingredients that are actually really good for the Krebs cycle. If you remember high school biology, that's where, how we generate energy in the mitochondria of our cells. Uh, and then uh, um, improve skin health. So we have four ingredients that are clinically proven to improve skin health in the sense of reducing fine lines, wrinkles. And we've got many customers who report after four to eight weeks, they really start noticing improvements in their skin health. Uh, and then finally, a benefit that we didn't even plan for, but we've gotten we, we give surveys to our customers at the four week mark. And the most commonly cited benefit is a reduction in anxiety or improved calmness, and so um, there are a, about three ingredients in our formula that that uh, contribute to that improved calmness.
0: And you know, we need that lowered anxiety. I mean, we just threw in, we just went through a pandemic. Now we're everybody's amped up on. Well, are we going to go back? Is it going to happen again? What's going to happen? Delta variant, blah blah. Anxiety levels <laughs> through right. the roof. Definitely very yes. beneficial. Chris, hey man, what you're doing? Your story, by the way, is amazing. I mean, the the stuff that you went through. I mean, every entrepreneur fears going through what you went through, and you straight out came out like a like a rocket, man. You literally, like Francis Sinatra says, you literally did it your way, man. And you're doing such amazing things. I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show and and sharing your story with us, and and all these things that you're doing for right now. I mean. I can imagine what your future has in store you're just working on this project right now, but hold up world. Cause <laughs> Chris is coming up. Uh, I, I gotta ask you we're, we're primarily focused on helping people grow businesses through testimonials. So, uh, I have two questions for you. One, what was your experience like on the show? And, uh, two, who do you think should be listening?
3: Oh, great questions. Uh, Fantastic experience. I love I love the energy that you guys bring to this. It's uh, perking me up. I've been working all day long. So uh, getting your energy is like a jolt of caffeine for me. And uh, who should be listening to this? I I think uh, any entrepreneur, anybody, whether whether, it doesn't matter the age, uh, young or old, anybody who is deciding that they want to start on something themselves and feel like they're they're up against the monumental task and are afraid of failure. Well, I've done it. I failed, and I'm I'm living and able to tell tell the story, tell the tale, right? And I'm I'm fighting um, continually to to I shouldn't even say fighting because at this point it's not even a fight. It's um, I'm taking everything one day at a time, and I'm enjoying myself in the process. So I think that's key. Just focus one day at a time. Don't think too far into the future. Only if you have to for planning purposes, just focus on today.
0: Chris, thank you very much. Very kind words. Ladies and gents, look, you plan to live forever, then you go go get bit by a vampire or something. But if you you plan to age gracefully, if you want to live late into your life and still have that body where you can function, that mind where you can think and you have to live life Uh, on your own terms rather than somebody else taking care of you, then you might want to check out products like what Nobles Labs is offering you guys. A little bit of habit changing on a daily basis can go a long way into the future. So make sure you guys check that out. And you know what? Reach out to Chris. Go to either one of his Instagrams here. Slow Your Aging or Nobles Labs and shoot him a DM. Even if it's just to say, Chris, I loved your story. It inspired me. Would you you know, give me my two cents on what's going on. Look, entrepreneurs are always here willing to help. You heard him talk about mentors. So ask away. You never know what kind of information or how it's going to change your life. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, Last little pitch, because you know what? it's That's what we do. We're in the testimonial business. You're out there doing some amazing things with your clients already. They're doing, you You. have customers that are happy with the services that you're providing. They go home, they talk about you, but they only really do it for a few minutes and then it's over. So we suggest you get into the testimonial business le- with us. Look, it's really simple. You, We gave you the framework that we did here on this very episode. The first thing we did is we told Chris about how awesome he was The second thing we did is we asked them to grace us with some more of his awesomeness by telling his story. And then the last thing was the big ask. You have to ask for the testimonial. You have to ask for that. Grab that video clip. And now you have something that you can use for your future prospects. Send it to somebody who's on the verge of working with you. Maybe they're questioning working with you or not. Put it on your social media feeds. Make it a Facebook ad. Whatever you need to do. Have your customers experience, talk about what they do with you so that you can get more repeat and referral business. Go to businessbros.biz slash testimonials and get that done. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys again next time on the Business Bros podcast. And uh, just to to finish this up right here, Frank, give me a little more. See you later, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have to do it my way. way.